Good evening. Repentance is one of the key themes in all of Scripture. God, the prophets, the apostles, and many others discuss repentance at length. In the Old Testament, Yahweh constantly calls on the people of Israel to repent and return to him. When they don't, they're punished. When things go monumentally wrong in Scripture, it's usually because God's people have turned away from him and fallen into a life of sin. We are all sinners, and we have our own stories of repentance. My story involves more repentance than I'd actually like to admit. I grew up in the church. My family went to a small corps of the Salvation Army in Augusta, Maine for many years. My grandmother taught my Sunday school class, and the class was only me and my two brothers. So it was a very small church, as you can tell. My parents were good friends with the Corps officers, and the Corps officers' children even babysat me and my brothers. Pastor Matt knows them. Uh, some of you might. Brandon and Justin Barter. They went to ENC, and they used to babysit me. So they like to pick on me about that. Anyway, I considered myself a Christian from a very young age, but I didn't know what it really meant. Then, when I was in third grade, my parents got divorced and we stopped going to church altogether. And it wasn't until I was in the seventh grade that I started going again. The summer between my seventh and eighth grade years was when I had what I consider to be a genuine conversion and repentance experience. I won't go into all the details for the sake of brevity, but I experienced a powerful movement of the Holy Spirit and gave my life over to Christ. I didn't want sin to rule my life anymore. But shortly after that, sin came back and continued to rule my life. Over the next few years, my life followed a pattern of repentance and backsliding. It echoed the life of the ancient Israelites, minus the conquests, exile, famine, plagues, all the good stuff. I finally came to a point where I said enough is enough. I got down on my knees alone in my room and cried out to God to save me from my sin. I had enough of them and wanted him and only him. In order to serve him alone, we have to give up everything, everything in our lives that keeps us away from him, even what we think is the smallest, most insignificant sin. Sin is sin in the eyes of our Creator. In one of today's scripture readings, we heard from the prophet Joel. To refresh your memories, I'm going to reread the passage, but I want you to really focus on what I'm reading. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness spread upon the mountains. A great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, Call a solemn assembly, gather the people. 
Sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, Where is their God? Return to the Lord your God, commands Joel. Joel is prophesying here of a great plague of locusts that he's going to send against the people of Israel. They'll encounter a swarm of locusts and a dreadful drought if they do not repent and return to the Lord. Now Joel was prophesying all of this shortly after the people of Israel had returned from Babylonian exile. As you can imagine, the city of Jerusalem and the fields would have been in pretty rough shape with no one there to tend them for years. The nation would have been in a poor economic state and the agricultural system would have been extremely fragile. Drought and a swarm of hungry locusts would ruin the nation again. The people would die in droves from starvation and dehydration. They would be susceptible to further attacks without the ability to defend their borders properly. They could even be sold as slaves to other nations. But all of this could be avoided if they repented. It wasn't enough to simply say, We're sorry, Lord. Forgive us and free us from our sins. Take your wrath away from us. They needed to give themselves entirely over to God. God tells them to return to him with all their hearts, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and to rend their hearts and not their clothing. But why did they need to return with fasting, weeping, and mourning? What does it mean to rend your heart? instead of your clothes. Fasting, in its very nature, suggests that something is wrong. We, as humans, need to eat. It's a part of our daily rhythm, and when something interrupts that rhythm, it's usually drastic. Fasting can be seen as a way of centering yourself in God. By fasting, we acknowledge that we need God more than we need food. God provides the spiritual nourishment for our everyday life. We see fasting in relation to repentance in a few different places in the scriptures. The first that I want to talk about is found in Jonah. Most people, I'm sure, are familiar with the story of Jonah. God called him to go prophesy to the people of the capital city of Assyria called Nineveh. He didn't want to. He got swallowed by a fish. And then God called him to it again, so he went. When the people heard what he had to say, the people were afraid. They called for a fast as a sign of repentance. When God saw this, he relented the disaster that he said would come to them if they didn't. So he didn't do it. The people of Nineveh repented of their wicked ways, and God had mercy on them. The second instance of fasting and repentance that I wanted to touch on comes from Daniel. After Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, Darius, the king of Persia, fasted and prayed all night for forgiveness. We have the opportunity to do the same thing. I'm not saying that bad things are happening to you because of your sin, but that God is offering you a way out of your sin. We aren't required to fast, but this outward sign of repentance shows that we're truly sorry and we want to return to the arms of our loving Creator. 
What about rending our hearts instead of our clothing? That sounds a little strange. When we look at the Old Testament, we can see countless examples of this happening. In a time of mourning, the ancient Israelites would often tear their clothing, put on sackcloth, and sit among the ashes. To rend your garment was a token of great grief. In the example of Jonah that I gave earlier, the king removes his robe, puts on a sackcloth, and sits in ashes. He commands the people to do the same thing along with their fast. The king and all the people of Nineveh were mourning because of their sins. They were so deeply troubled because of their sin and afraid of what God was going to do. Because of their fear, they repented and participated in this sign of intense grief. Now the Joel text works quite well for the season of Lent, which I guess is kind of why they included it in the lectionary for today. Tonight, we enter into the season of Lent. It's a perfect time to repent and to reflect on the passages that we've heard tonight. One aspect that stands out to me from the Jonah text is the ashes. And as you know, today is Ash Wednesday. The ashes were used as a sign of mourning, repentance, and self-humiliation. The people were mourning for the sins that they committed and expressed the desire to repent and return to God. In the early Catholic Church, Ash Wednesday was a time when those who had been excommunicated or kicked out of the church were allowed to be brought back in. To do this, though, they needed to participate in a 40-day period of penance. At the Ash Wednesday service, those who wished to repent would come and the bishop would bless them and place the ashes on their head. Now, These ashes were typically made from the burned palms from last year's Palm Sunday. I don't know what these ones are made of. I think Matt bought them online. (laughs) These ashes were a symbol of their repentance and declaring that they had been excommunicated from the church but desiring to go back in. After that, the faithful would recite the seven penitential psalms while those who were repenting were turned out from the church. After that, they weren't allowed back in until Maundy Thursday after the 40 days of penance and sacramental absolution, which is just a fancy way of saying the priest forgiving them of their sins. Soon, all Christians chose to receive the ashes as a sign of devotion and repentance and as a sign of standing in solidarity with those who had been marked as excommunicated from the church. Today, you'll be receiving ashes to mark the beginning of Lent, to mark the grief we have over the sins we've committed We receive the ashes as a symbol of repentance, a return to God. One of my favorite hymns is, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. The second verse says, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. We have the opportunity today to return our hearts to God, to repent of our sins and return to him. Are you going to accept this invitation today? Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious, and he is merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. If we put off repentance another day, we have another day to repent of. 
and one less day to repent in. Please pray with me. Lord God, may this be the tune of all our hearts, that we would repent of our sins and return to you. Reveal those sins to us, we pray. Show us our greed. Root out the bitterness in our hearts. Expose our selfish actions and attitudes. Forgive us where we compare and think ourselves better than others. Forgive us where we use you, where we come to you only to get something else. Where we treasure our jobs, our comfort, our boyfriend or girlfriend, our desire to be married, our desire to be employed, whatever the case may be. Grant us repentance that we might treasure Christ alone and be satisfied in him. In the most precious name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.